Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? This is Classified. This is Mocha Only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, my brother Ali? Five Diggy Tribe Core Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles Peter Ghost. This is Absol. This is KO. And you listening to the Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. This is show that you come up on, yeah. This is spot that you come up strong. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chuddo, your host and founder of the Come Up Show. And this week's guest is a rapper by the name of Cavalli from Toronto, Canada. And we've been supporting him on the Come Up Show radio since uh, the release of his EP Genius over six months ago. And I'm excited to talk to him today. He's only 24 years old. And he was telling me about, you know, who inspired him when he was eight years old writing raps from rappers like Little Bow Wow to Ludacris. And then we also talked about his beliefs on why he thinks that patience is a talent what does he mean when he tells his fans to trust your journey and why he thinks that if you already have a plan B for your dreams, you failed. This is more of my conversation with Cavalli on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's get it in. Please introduce yourself. I go by the name of Cavalli. I am a 24-year-old from Toronto, Ontario, producer slash rapper slash singer, songwriter. And, and what is the name? I quickly googled Kavali and it's like a little village in India other than that I couldn't find nothing about it what's what's that name what's that name mean um it was given to me uh, a couple years back when I was in middle school mm-hmm. um it's a pretty dumb story but I'll share it. T- tell me the story I'll share it so um back in the days you remember the the um Kavali Kavali the the leather jackets the leather and all that stuff so okay. I used to I always wear this leather jacket to middle school, right? And it was, like, fake, obviously. But people, like, that's when Cavalli was popping. So people would always call me Cavalli because of the leather jacket that I had or whatever. So I kind of took it and I ran with it, you know. I was I told people, I'm like, yo, I'm going to name myself Cavalli. They're like, that's stupid. But I'm just like, you know, I'm going to run with it. I don't really care. But Was it spelled the yeah. exact same way? With, no, like- no, no, it's spelled different. I just... I was just like, you know, I'm going to spell it different, though, you okay. know. How was it spelled in case anybody wants to look it up, those leather jackets on Google? Oh, I think it's C-A-V-A-L-L-I or something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Roberto Cavalli, I think that's Roberto what Roberto Cavalli. Yeah, okay. that's what So I mean. you just got it off a jacket and you just named yourself yeah. that. I just ran with it, childhood name, whatever, yeah. you know. No, it works. There's not a lot of Cavallis out there. Like, you're, the only thing that came out is a village in India and then your stuff, so. Yeah. You're like, that's good for Google. You're not like named a very common name where people have to like, you know, you're not called Apple or anything like that. Exactly. So, so is it true that Bobby Shmurda tweeted your song or is it was it even him or is he in jail at that time? Because I, I saw know, that. He wasn't in jail that time. Okay. Um, so I, I had put out a single called Caught Up and um, I remember putting it out and I'm just like, man, I'm like, yo, this is it's whatever. Like, you know, not a lot of people are retweeting or whatever. So. I took. I went to bed and I woke up, and my phone was blowing up. My manager called me. He's just like, "Yo, check, um, check Twitter." So I went on Twitter and I saw Bobby Schmerder tweeted. So I'm just like, I'm "Like, damn, yo, that's pretty dope." So my phone was just blowing up the whole day. Everybody talking about it. So do you have any idea how he found it or how he got it? Did you like tweet it to him or anything no, like that? I did not tweet it to him. Um, I have no idea how it happened. And a year ago, he's like popping them too. Yeah, that yeah. time when 
the song came out and he was popping or whatever. But, you know. That's so funny because rappers don't really share other rappers' music, especially when they're kind of coming out strange, and about, right? right? Yeah, it's very strange. I was just like, I don't know about this. Something <laughs> weird about this. So I was talking to my manager about it, but, you know, it's cool. Free Bobby, man. Free, free yeah. Bobby for real. It's an, it's an unfortunate situation that he's a part of right now, but mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, he gets out. He sees a day of light. Yeah, uh, can you take me to the moment when, you know, when you fell in love in hip hop? What was that moment? Do you remember? Was it a music video? Was it a song on the radio? Was it something you're watching on BET? Or tell me about it. Um, well, originally, like, I was, I was singing before like when I was younger I was okay. singing so my mom would like put me um like in gospel like church, yeah, church choir yeah, and stuff yeah. so yeah. she like tried to get me to do leads for the um, for the the youth church choir or whatever and um I remember Bow Wow Lil Bow Wow yo Lil Bow Wow had everybody on a wave right so Bow Wow came out and I had the cornrows too so I was I had like I had the cornrows in. I just thought I was a little bow. I was just like, you know, I was rapping. I was making these like these these demos or whatever. And that's that's kind of like really what got me into rap was little bow. And then Ludacris, I think it was Chicken and Beer or the the album before that dropped. And I know I was super young at the time, but my dad bought it for me, right? So um, I was just listening to like Ludacris and Bow Wow, and. I just started writing raps after that, and it just took off from there. I still have this like this tape of me when I'm like when I'm just like freaking eight, nine, ten around there, and I'm just rapping on the tape, and I still have it to this very day. So um, that's hilarious. What you know? What you're rapping about? What are you rapping at at eight and nine years old? It was really corny. Like it was it was super corny, but I was like rapping and singing at the same time. It was just like I'd, I'd rap and then I'd sing the hooks. And it was always about some girl problems that I didn't really have, you know, so. Um, like you had a crush on a girl and she had yeah. no idea and then you hated her or something like that. Yeah, just some <laughs> corny, you know, childish stuff. But but it was cool, man, like, you know, just see the growth or whatever. So I, I still keep that with me. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's that's pretty cool, man, because most people don't have that. So, you, that, so, um, so basically from, you know, from Bow Wow, was your, that was what inspired you to rap. Like, a, how did you go from a fan to actually being like a rapper and like taking it seriously? What was that transition like? Um, I would have to say it was it was my mom actually, because my mom bought me um, this little tape recorder thingy, and she bought me like a a handheld microphone, like a microphone, right? Mm-hmm. So. She would like always, you know, tell me to to um, write stuff and record it, and she showed me how to record. So I would like download like beats off the internet, and I would just SoundClick. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was SoundClick at yeah. the time, but it, yeah. before it was just like I would go on. Um, I think it was like what's it called Napster or something like that. Yeah, it was Napster a, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Napster, and yeah. I would um, instrumentals, and I'll just download a yeah. bunch of instrumentals, and you know, I would just write stuff and I'll just record it. And it it was just a habit after that, you know, it was just like something I always had to do was just record or find ways on, on doing stuff. And then I got tired of downloading instrumentals and then Fruity Loop came and I went on Fruity Loops and I started just making beats. And from there, it just became a serious thing for me. It was just like, you know, something music is something that I really love to do. Mm-hmm. 
and that's when it became yeah something really serious how old were you at this time when you're doing the flu loops and all this other stuff 14 wow. 13 14 mm-hmm. around there and then of course high school comes in and then I kind of like put it down or whatever and um I was just like focused on like basketball and stuff like that but then towards like my senior year you know that's when I started doing it again heavy and then this time it was like really serious I got equipment and stuff like that you know even though I couldn't afford it but you know we find ways on getting it so Mm -hmm. I got all the equipment or whatever you know and I just started recording myself and um it it just it blossomed from there Mm -hmm. then a couple years later got myself a manager and here we are you know it's part of the story so how 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 did you sound like uh as a rapper uh when you first started you know you got serious into it how did i sound yeah like i was yeah. i was i was an angry rapper like yeah. i was angry as a child man like as a teenager i was really i was really mad and you know it was it, what were you mad at i don't know it was just like there's just so much anger in me and it was just like you know, uh, I was just saying a bunch of stuff, but you know, that's a part of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's a part of the growth. So as as I got, you know, older, I started focusing on situations that were like real. You know, what I'm saying real mm-hmm. to me, and that that could, you know, um, sit with the listener. So mm-hmm. you know, it changed over time. But was, was the anger coming from somewhere, or was it just emulating, you know, like Eminem type of raps? You know looking back at it it's just like there, there was a lot of things that go on in life you know yeah, sure. um, I was kicked out I was expelled from my high school wow. so you know I was I was out of school for a long time so it was just like you know dealing with the pressure of you know just figuring out life and it's just like okay what's my next step from here and, and you know trying to figure it out but I ended up going you know to an adult school and getting my credits and graduating and all that stuff but it was just a rough time you know it's just a lot of a lot of bullshit going on around. Just, just rebelling. Yeah, pretty okay. much. That's exactly that's perfect word. Yeah, rebelling, definitely. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, like you sounded like you, you're a good kid because you're like, oh, I went, you know, you're in a choir and uh, your mom bought you that, like, you know, it sounded like everything was a perfect picture it at first. Starts that way. Yeah. It always starts that way. It starts off as being the church kid, and then you know, life happens, and you know you witness and you see things and things happen mm-hmm. you know so so you said like because uh, you know you started off as a singer and then you're rapping and so you had like you know uh, the foundation of both of them and but you said that drake played a uh, huge role in sculpt sculpting your sound how so uh drake man like he just it was he's just a game changer you know what i'm saying like he he sets a lot of trends, and it's just, like, he he just has a way of just, like, capturing a specific moment, you know? Like, one thing I really respect about Drake is that when you listen to his music, he has music for any situation, you know what I'm saying? And um, I just respect and I look up to that. You know, I'm not afraid to say it. A lot of people are scared of... Of that coming from the city, just like, oh, they don't want to be under Drake or whatever. But it's just like, you got to give that man, you know, credit, you know, for really um, uh, 
taking risks, you know, because some of the stuff he did, you know, would have been considered corny a few years back. But, you know, he took the risk and, and he did it. And it's just like, you know, I, I just look up to that. And yeah, you know, I was responsible for it. But I was singing and rapping before Drake came out, you know, like that he didn't. That wasn't it. I have proof. I have the tapes. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm really glad to hear that because I'm because let's let's you know let's say what it is. Everybody is singing and rapping today, and um, you can tell that it's you know Drake definitely changed the game. One, I think Drake wasn't the first guy to sing and rap, right? Like, but but when he did it though, he did it in such a way you're like, wow, this makes sense. Like as a as a fan, you're like, this makes sense. It made, it made a lot of sense, and now. There's a lot of Drake copycats, and and um, but I'm glad that you said I got the tips, I got the proof, I started. <laughs> I got, I got it, man. So it's just like if anybody wants to, you know, challenge that, I have proof, man. So that's dope. Yeah. So uh, Genius, which is your, we, we call it a project EP, yeah. came out six months ago, and in the description, usually people have a million credits, links, or whatever. You wrote one statement. You said you wrote trust the jur- the journey. Tell me why you chose to write that trust the journey it's just like i don't i don't believe in giving you like 101 reasons on why you should listen to my music or you know just trying to explain my music to you you know it's just like the music describes the journey that i'm on you know so it's just like i'm pretty much saying follow me and trust the journey from day one to wherever I'm going to be, God willing, you know, so, um, yeah, that's why I put that there, it's just like, yo, just press play, and just trust the journey that you're going to be on, you know what I'm saying, follow me, mm-hmm. that's what I really mean by that. Yeah, it's very simple, and um, uh, I find like, you know, when with all the music that comes out, I feel like, you know, I, and uh, maybe fans are looking to follow people to you know, parallel to their lives, mm-hmm. right, because you're on a journey, and that listener everybody's on a journey and they want to like you know grow with somebody but i feel like there's a lot of rappers today that just out for a year and i i can't have any trust with you i can't trust you because i don't know what your intentions are you know what i mean so you're you're saying that i'm in this in the long run and you're just you're not braggadocious like yo i'm just trust the journey this is what i'm on i might mess up ups and downs longevity you know um, i believe in longevity i don't I don't believe in chasing hits. I don't believe in, you know, doing all that stuff. I really want to give people moments. Mm-hmm. You know, I also want to share where I'm at with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want you to listen to the music and and be a part of whatever I'm a part of, you know? So mm-hmm. that that's really all I'm trying to do. You know, I'm just trying to, trying to bring the listener along with me. Mm-hmm. And the EP is called Genius, which, you know, you caught a lot of flack for because when people think genius, they're like, oh, you think you're Kanye now or something like that? But you said it's about pursuing your inner inner genius and becoming the best version of yourself. Can you expand on that a little bit? So, um, you know, before I came up with the title, um, I was watching, well, I was on, I like to watch, like, a lot of interviews interviews and just, you know, seeing how people create and creative thoughts or whatever, and I, I... came across a jay-z interview and he was talking about um tapping into your inner genius and it just it 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 sparked something you know because it's just like 
yeah, when I told everybody I'm going to name a genius, um, everybody was just like, I don't know. They're like, you know, I don't I don't know if you're at that level yet or whatever. And I'm just like, nah, man, that's I don't have to be a genius right now. Like, you're, it's, I, I don't think, well, genius is something that you're born with, but I feel like everybody has a piece of genius in them. You know, it's just about bringing it out. Like, mm-hmm. somebody can be a chef, you know, but a genius at, at whatever they do, you know, you interviewing and blogging, you know, you're a genius at what you do when you tap into whatever it is that you do. So it's just like, I feel like tapping in to something shouldn't be, you know, a bad thing. You know, me say, calling myself a genius, you know, shouldn't be a bad thing. I feel like everybody should be chasing that inner genius in them. So, you know, um, I, I just... I just took the risk and just just calling it genius, you know, mm-hmm. for my own personal, you know, reasons and feelings, you know. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I don't know if you've been to a Jay Z show before. He actually does say that near the end of the show, like you got a gene, like he like really inspires you to pursue your dreams and and yeah, we all have gifts, we all have geniuses, yeah. and um, and I guess the question with that is, we're all the distractions today. Uh, and most people are not pursuing their genius. How do you stay focused? How do you stay in your lane? How do you not get distracted with Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, all these things that are popping off? Staying true to yourself and staying true to myself. Um, I do understand that, you know, the industry and society is like, I would say, 85 to 90% gimmicks, you know, and... um you just got to see through see through the BS and just see through the fake shit, you know, like nothing is going to um, change who I am. You know what I'm saying? Nothing, nothing is going to change who I am. It doesn't matter what I see or what I hear. You know, I'm always going to stay true to me. And I just feel like anybody that's a real person or that's a genuine person, you know, won't be shifted by any of the nonsense. You know, they'll be able to break through that and see through it. So... I just feel like that's how I stay focused. It's just, you know, reminding myself that I am who I am, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just being me. And once you're being yourself, you know, you can't go wrong, right? Definitely. So. And what like you're you said 24 years old? So like you're pretty young still. Like what, did you when did you realize this at a certain point cuz when you're young, you're impressionable. You can really get swayed. I've always been like this. Yeah. Honestly, you know, yeah. like in high school, you know, you know the whole cool crowd and whatever. You know, I've, I I was never trying to fit in or trying to you know trying to do anything that was just gonna make me lose focus of what I was trying to do. You know, if you can ask people in high school, I was just a quiet kid with the with the backpack. You know, just you know playing basketball all the time or whatever. But I was never like doing too much or I was never you know. Um, doing anything out of my character you know what I'm saying so you know it, it's just who I am it just mm-hmm. it, I can't really explain it even better than yeah. that it's well just, that sounds like I don't know if this is true or not it may be off but it sounds like uh, kind of like high self confidence or self esteem is that right or were you or does it you think it comes from somewhere else usually people don't you know submit to peer pressure or try to like try to fit in because they're sure of themselves 
which I think is a little bit of self-esteem and self high self-confidence. Would you say that's right, or is it from somewhere else you think it came? Um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a confidence thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, and it's also, you know, how you were just raised, you know, and, and, and the people that you're around, you know, it rubs off on you. And, you know, when you, when you, when you're around people with high character, you know, it rubs off on you, you know, mm-hmm. show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So it's just. I've always kept, you know, people with high character around me. You know, my family is filled with people with high character. Mm-hmm. So I was just, you know, raised that way. You know, I, I just believe in, in real. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I just can't. When something's fake to me, it irks me. You know, I, I can see it. I can see right through it. So it's just like I don't want to be that person where it's just like when I talk or when I speak, you can just get that sense of fakeness. Like, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you could just, you can sense it. You can get yeah. that vibe. It's the energy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so you're 24 years old right now. And what, you know, what, I guess, what sacrifices have you have to make to continue? Is this what you're, are you, is this something that you're trying to pursue? Like, this is your, you're, you're like, I'm going to be a musician. Or is this something like, yo, I'm going to do a nine to five and then, you know, do this on the side a little bit. Or is, are you going all in? as a musician right now because you're 24 did you have to like skip post-secondary or did you have to finish it or did you drop out or where are you at right now um you know all chips are in for me yeah it's just like there's no plan b there is no plan b it's all or nothing you know and i feel like if you have a plan b you already failed you know what i'm saying at the end of the day if, if you already have a plan b it's just like you already put the thought out there that, you know, plan A might not work. So, you know, I'm, I'm an all-in type of guy. I take risks, you know. Um, no, I haven't went to college. You know, I haven't done any of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I'm just I'm just, I'm just, just all in. This is what I, I really want to do. This is what I love doing. And um, I feel like I have the talent to, to really, you know, take me to where I need to be. And, you know, um, I have a lot of... Um, have a lot at stake for sure <laughs> you know so it's not really a game to me you know it's something serious as for sacrifices everybody has to sacrifice something you know there's a lot of relationships that I had to sacrifice and you know um that's just how the game goes sometimes you know mm-hmm. so it's, it's cool though mm-hmm. you know hopefully software for something better at the end of it all. Definitely. Um, so what are your goals for this year? You said that you're trying to take it to a whole other level, that you're trying to build a cult following. What, yeah. How do you, what, what do you mean by that, and how do you plan to accomplish that? Um, you know, I put out Genius last year, and, you know, um, it, got, it got some decent feedback. You know, um, I, I, it did reach some important people. You know, I had meetings with some very important people. And, you know, I have a lot of eyes on me right now. So the whole, you know, speaking with my manager, the plan was just to, like, you know, take it up another notch. You know, just go harder. You know, and just try to do everything better this time around. So um, that that's, that's the goal, is just taking it to another level and 
building a cult following, you know, you know, just building that fan base because it's very important that, you know, you build that fan base because without fans, what are the artists, right? So um, it's just about, you know, putting out music that I feel is going to connect with the people and hopefully, you know, connects and, and people really believe in what I'm doing and they start mm-hmm. to follow along with the journey. So mm-hmm. that's the plans. Yeah. Well, yeah, the fans are what can take you to places nowadays. Exactly. You, you may not need labels as much as before. Before, you need a label to put you on to get fans, and now you build that fan base wherever it may be. The internet, man. The internet's, it's a beautiful thing. The internet's a powerful thing right now. It's just yeah. like you don't really need labels. You know, of course, labels give you that platform, that backing that you need with money mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, right now, it, everything's just a click away. You can put out a song on SoundCloud and that shit can blow up overnight. And now you just got thousands of people hitting you, you know? So it's just like, then it's a powerful place, man. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just dope. It's really dope, man. I, I like... I like where the game's going and where the industry's going right now. It's, it's interesting. What a time to be alive. Uh, you said in an interview that uh, I always said that everything I do right now is just me working what I can work with. Mm. That if you're given the right platform, funding, what label situation, money situation, the possibilities are endless. Uh, I want to know, how do you stay patient? and not long for a situation. People are always like, if only I had this, if only I had this, if only I had the Drake Cole sign, if only I had this, I'll be on. But like, how do you say, all right, I'm just working with what I got right now. That's all I can do. Like realizing that and saying, that's what I'm going to do. How? Um, it's just like, patience is a talent. You know, it's just like, it's something you got to develop over time. You know, you're not born with patience. I... Like, this is actually, I wasn't always patient, you know. Before, I was just, like, itching to, to get on. I'm just like, yo, you know, I'm going to mail my demos to, like, I used to actually, it's funny, because I used to actually go on the Internet, and I actually paid for a booklet of, like, all these A&R numbers and stuff. Contact, yeah. Yeah, and I would, like, call A&Rs and be like, yo, I'm an artist, and da, da, da. And they didn't take me serious. I can I can tell. You know, it's this kid calling, sort of whatever. And you know, I would and we would like mail um, CDs to like A and R's or whatever, and companies or whatever. Until I realized like that's just not the way to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they want you, they'll find you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If you're dope, they'll find you. And um, so I stopped doing that, and I'm just like, you know what? Let me let me start over. And build it from from ground zero, and and build the empire to like, you know, where it's really supposed to be, and and you know, that's how I just became patient with it. You know, I didn't really want to rush anything. I didn't want to push anything because when you rush things, that's when, you know, things crumble easily. So, yeah, you know, I always say patience is a it's a talent. The talent that's 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 a quotable right there. It's funny enough, actually. DJ Cal uh, Snapchatted that today. Oh, he did. Yeah, he's the patient is a talent. That's hilarious. Uh, so I want to talk about a little bit your creative process. I interviewed an artist named Ko a couple of months ago, and he's he was telling me that he's trying this new creative process where, uh, you know, as soon as he hears the beat, he just goes in, and he he said that I find that 
that is usually the most sincere response, genuine response. And you said that in an interview as well. Yeah. Tell me about that. So when I'm making music, um, what usually happens, okay, well, there's two separate ways. So it's mm-hmm. like if I'm getting a beat from a producer, um, what happens is I'll play the beat, and if I like the beat, I usually, the first thing that does come to my mind, I'll say it, but I'm usually mumbling, right? So I'll record mumbles, I'll mumble a whole song, literally, like literally a whole song. And the cadence and all that. The cadence yeah. and then the hook and transitions. And then what happens is when I play it back, it I hear the song, you know what I'm saying? I hear words. It might not be the full song, but I'll hear like key words and then I'll start writing it. And then it just comes together. It's 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 weird. And when I do it my way, when I'm producing and I'm actually making the beat for my own um, song, what happens is I'll start with like just like a word. Like, um, for instance, um, six AM like forever. I was I was I said something about like six AM to forever and I was just like I'm like, why did I say that? You know what I'm saying? What does that even mean? And then it made sense with the situation that I was going through at the time. So then what I did was I just, whatever that felt like to me, I made a beat to match whatever I was feeling. And then I did the same process with just like mumbling and and singing something to it and then penning it down after. So I, I... that's my creative process. Or sometimes I just go in and I'll record in sections. Like, I literally just go in, I'll think of the first four bars and I'll, I'll record it, stop. Think mm-hmm. of the next record, stop. Think, you know, so I'm, I'm all over the place sometimes. Mm-hmm. It depends on what mood I'm in. Do you do a lot of recording first from your own like home studio, like experiment and then? I, I usually record. I'm not a fancy person. I don't know if I'm not fancy because I can't afford it, mm-hmm. but, you know, like... I don't um, really record in, like, big studios. Like, I I understand how to record stuff. Or, you know, I have a lot of people around me that engineer and mix and stuff like that. So they understand how these things work and how to get it to sound right. So, you know, we I do stuff, like, at homes or, like, you know, my friend's crib or hotel, stuff like that. I'm, I don't really record in studios or anything mm-hmm. like that which is a, another beautiful thing about the time to be alive today technology exactly. and you just need a, a compute a laptop and and yeah and i feel yeah. it's more it's more comfortable for me yeah comfortable. Like, yeah i don't i don't like you can be in your pajamas if you want yeah i hate like going to a studio and then there's just like 25 people in there doing nothing to help you you know, get to what you're trying to do. So it's just like, I like when it's just me and the engineer or the mixer and just, you know, or me and the producer. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I feel like I create better that way. I, I wonder if you're, it's easier to be more honest when you're comfortable in your own room compared to if you're 20 people, 25 people, oh, right? It's, it's, I had one session where I had like 10 people there mm-hmm. and I couldn't work. Like I was, I was literally just staring at the computer screen and everybody was just like, are you going to work? I'm like, I can't. There's just too much people here. Like, I don't feel comfortable, you know. So, I don't know. It's just I'm in my own little world when when I'm making music or whatever. 
Yeah. So let's get into some tweets. You know what I mean. You're you, you send out some tweets out there, and uh, I just you know they, these may mean nothing or they may mean something. So one of them is no one cares about you until the world cares about you. What does that mean? Um, you know sometimes you know you get into your feelings. You know I, I got my feelings, <laughs> and I'm just like you know like yo it, it's real because when you think about it it's just like. Nobody really cares until everybody starts caring. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can be here the whole time. Like, I guarantee you, if I'm here right now and I'm putting out music, nobody's going to care until I get a Drake cosign or I'm popping on Twitter or, like, something happens where I'm just, like, massive on social media. That's when everybody wants to check for you and, and be like, you know, oh, I want to work with you now and blah blah blah. So it's just like, like I see it happen numerous of times. Just like nobody cares until the world cares. It's just like, have you ever like noticed nobody talk about somebody until that person dies? And it's just like that person's dead, and now everybody's talking about him. And you know, it's just like, um, yeah, it's crazy. Like especially when um Bankroll Fresh passed. You know, what I'm saying rest in peace to Bankroll, but. Like, nobody was really talking about him. Like, of course, he had his buzz. But when he passed, then it was just like you've seen everybody became a fan all of a sudden and making playlists for him and blah, blah, blah. So it's just like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? If something's dope or if something you like something, just, you know, appreciate it and show that person, you know, get that person credit and show that person love. You know, you know don't wait. Mm-hmm. Don't wait till everybody approves before you decide to approve that's corny. fake caring basically yeah. like Lil Duval says don't fake care yeah, it's, it's um, another tweet my fear is never looking back especially when it's someone you care about that's a Drake tweet right there <laughs> Drake type tweet um, um, once again in my feelings so it's just like you know it's just like you're in a relationship and you know something happens in that relationship and you know you want to work it out but the other person you know doesn't want to work it out at that moment it's just like how long are you going to wait you know you're going to wait until I'm so far past it you know then you're going to try and work it out it's never going to be the same you know what I'm saying so it's just like my fear is just like you know getting to the point of never looking back especially when it's somebody you care about you know so it's just like I'm all about dealing with situations and handling situations right there and then you know I don't want to wait a month or two or three months and then it gets to that point of no return where it's just like I moved on you know what I'm saying and that goes for anything not just relationships you know so mm-hmm. that's that's those are my my Cavalli and my feeling hours you know when I tweet these type of stuff and one more I'm not for it if if I'm in it and I'm not growing um, that's that's actually a, a a Quentin Miller line. Okay. Um, yeah. So he, I heard that song and that line stuck with me. You know, I'm not for it if I'm in and I'm not growing. That's that's the realest line ever. It's just like you you don't want to be in something to be stagnant, right? Um, you want to grow in whatever in whatever situation you're a part of. You know, and it's just like I, it relates to me with music. Um, 
I'm I'm in music to get better. Like I'm doing this to get better. I'm doing this to to reach a certain level. I'm doing this to feed my family. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing this to change lives. And you know like these things are important. So it's just like if you see me do something or if you see me commit to something that means I'm doing it for the long haul. I'm I'm in it to grow. I'm in it to like take it to the next level. I'm not for it if I'm in it and I'm not growing, you know. If I'm not growing, if I don't benefit from it, then what's the point? What's the point? You're just wasting your time and yeah. you're not going to bring any value to anybody. Exactly. Uh, what would you like your legacy to be when, you know, it's hundreds of years from now, your great-great-great-great-grandchildren are taking a look at your music and, you know, they're listening, and what would you like that story to be? The story... Um, what would you like them to say about you? Um, he he was growing. That that's that's all I can say. Like, I feel I believe every thing you put out should like literally show where you were at that moment. I want people to listen from the beginning to the end and be like, "Wow, you know, I was a part of his life." Like I. I I understood each and every part of his life, you know, everything that he's been through. And, you know, I've seen it or I've heard it from, you know, well, you can also say I've seen it from start to finish. And, you know, I just want to be, you know, remembered as, you know, somebody that try to push the culture, you know, try to do something different. I always try to you know, follow and and do what's in and do what's trendy because, you know, trends end. And when that trend ends, what happens to you? You know what I'm saying? So it's just like always be original and just try to stay true to yourself. I want to be known as that person that stayed true to himself, you know? Yeah. Do you think future is a trend or do you think he's going to be a great? Future... future this question came out of nowhere. I, like, I'm just, we might not even include it in the interview, but, like, I have some type of feelings where, like, you know, growing up where I, like, you know, I don't want to say this, but, you know, when I started doing a college radio show and then, you know, got into the backpack rap and then, you know, my mind started getting more expanded. Music is music. But I'm wondering, especially at the rate that he's producing music, you know, you know, the great, does that mean it's greatness? Greatness usually means, like, you take an, a year to make an album or something like that. I'm gonna talk, yeah, I'm gonna let you talk now. <laughs> but you see, it's just like it's like you know, now if you were to take this back ten years ago, you know, it was a different generation, a different time. You know, that's when like labels played a heavy role in whatever you were doing. You know, labels made sure that you you were developed and made sure that you know um, the album was actually you know, ready for the world, you know, and, and you took your time with it. Nowadays, it's just like everything is so accessible. You know what I'm saying? The internet is literally just a click away, so you know your fan base is just a click away. You don't have to go through the labels no more. You don't have to give it to this person for it to go through these people just to get to the to the fans. So it's just like I feel like Future is great in his own way, you know, and there can only be one future. So it's just like when you 
yes, he has sparked a wave of new artists that, you know, want to sound like him or, or inspired by him. There's nothing wrong with being inspired. But there's literally people out there that sound exactly like him, you know, cadence and everything. And it's just like there can only be one future. Future will go down as one of the greats in his lane, you know. So, and, you know, as for the other people that are following him, you know, it's just like Mm -hmm. nothing is really going to happen for you because you based your whole style off of a next guy. Mm-hmm. that, you know, is already doing great things with his own style. So it's just like, you know, it's future, man. Like, future. Yeah. future. I, I guess it's not like he, the criteria can't be the greatest lyrics, the greatest da-da-da-da. As long as you're a great, I, you brought something unique to the game, your unique contribution. And that's the thing. Future, future changed the game. Like, uh, his style just the way he does stuff like sometimes you don't even understand what the hell he's saying but it's the feel you know the energy is just it's different and you know like it doesn't have to be you know people you know a few people might kill me for saying this but it doesn't have to be like the greatest lyrics or like storytelling like a Kendrick Lamar or a J. Cole it doesn't have to be that if somebody can hear your song and you can change the way they felt that day, they could have been down, but they turned on your music and it made them change the way they, they thought about life or the way they, they were thinking at that very moment. You know, you did something. And, you know, I've, I feel like Future has done a lot, you know, done a lot, and, and people got to give him credit. You know, I feel like he will be one of the greats, you know. And, and just to backtrack on people you know copying styles or whatever i feel like like i said i feel it's 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 dope to be inspired i'm inspired you know what i'm saying i'm inspired by flows i'm inspired by of course artists but it's different when you completely copy somebody's style or when you take elements from people and and craft it and make it your own you know so i just want to throw that little separation there because i don't want people to feel like you know i'm bashing you know, 90% of what's out right now, you know, so yeah. You definitely have to find your voice as an artist exactly. and, and take what you're inspired by and find your own voice. And yeah, man, so thank you for your time. Is there anything that else that you want to say to the people who are listening to this interview and they're inspired? Um, I know, you know, I'm not huge yet, but like, you know, uh, just keep just keep working, man, you know. A lot of people are not going to believe in the vision like you do, you know. But um, once you have a vision, you just got to run with it, man. You got to turn non-believers into believers. So just keep pushing. Just keep making music and stay true to yourself. You know, fuck the gimmicks. Don't let anybody, you know, make you act like somebody or be somebody you're not just to get you know, Instagram likes and retweets and shit like that. Fuck all that. Just focus on making great music and be you. And yeah, that's that. Actually, by the way, um, I'm dropping, I'm working on a new project that I'm going to be dropping soon called Carpe Diem. Um, so look forward to that. I'll be dropping a single for that. Maybe a 
few weeks. So, you know, we're working on that. And, yeah, that's pretty much that. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate your time. This is the Come Up Show. Peace. I hope you enjoyed my conversation. If anything resonated with you, please let let us know at the Come Up Show on Twitter or you can comment on our SoundCloud. As always, we're everywhere. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, please do because each and every Wednesday you'll get a brand new episode and special announcement is going to come in the next few weeks. The Come Up Show will be announcing its ninth year anniversary concert in Toronto and London, Ontario. So be on the lookout for that. Subscribe to the email newsletter. The link is in the description. Thank you for your time today. I'll see you next Wednesday. This is your boy Chetto signing out. Peace.